Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. I like it. All right, are you all ready for the Bible today? All right, here we are. What is it? Uh, October the 30th. Can you all believe it's October the 30th? Get out of this town. Man, time is flying by. It's like 2022 is like almost over. Hallelujah. It's like crazy. All right. I'm a planner. So for me, it's, pra- it's over. You know, it's like planned. It's done. All right, let's, uh, let's jump into the word this morning. Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2 says this. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When, I, when can I go out and meet with God? I just, I love the hunger of that verse. Like, I need to meet with God. I think some people came here today and you went, Man, I just need to like connect with Jesus. Hi to my friends. Yeah, so good to see you. I just need God right now. You been there? And I love um, when we were in worship today, I almost got up and prophesied it, but Brenda said it, and so I was so thankful. Like It was just time to lay some things down and just worship him, right? Just lay some stuff down, lay every distraction, and just say, God... I am here to meet with you. And, you know, sometimes we pray in pre-service prayer. We say, you know what, Lord? Let people lay some stuff down and not have to pick it up on the way out. Amen? And just seeking after God. And so today we are hungry for God. Amen? Like we want, that was an opportunity. We missed it. Today we are hungry for God. Amen? Like there is something in us. I heard that online. Like you... Like something in us that goes, I need the Lord in my life. And there's something godly about saying, I'm not satisfied. Now, you can be content, but not satisfied. That's like next level, right? Like you can say, God, I need more of you, but I'm so thankful for what you have done. It's a both and. Let's pray. We're going to jump in today. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word. And we thank you for just the, the distinct privilege of coming together as a family to worship you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the one another, and we thank you for the Jesus. You are the one who has drawn us together. It is in your name that we've come to worship. It is in your name that we've come to serve and to learn and to grow. It's in your name that we serve and go out of this place today. So, Lord, make this time fruitful for us. We thank you, God, for family. We thank you for one another. Lord, teach our hearts today, and I pray for the empowerment in the leading of your spirit, God, to share what's in your heart today. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes we look around in life and we can wish that God's like transformative work in us was moving along quicker than it is. We can wish that the transformative work in us was more effective, like we want to see greater change in us. We want to see um, something more dramatic in our lives and, or more dramatic in the circumstances that we are facing. And today, I want to share with you a parable from Scripture that kind of informs that in our lives. As far as uh, this word will help you in a way where you say, there's something that I can do so that God's work in me progresses quicker. Does that sound 
good to you. That's, that's the carrot right there. That's the entire, right? Or there's something that I can do to prepare myself that allows, uh, creates a circumstance where God's changing of the circumstances around me. Now, I, I can't tell you that every circumstance around you is going to change because sometimes God's got you in a place and he is going to help you endure. But there are other times when he's going to transform the circumstance, amen? But this scripture is going to help you with that. We're going to jump, jump into Mark chapter 4, verse 1. It says, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching, he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell along the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because all the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they were withered because it had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants, so they did not bear any grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, sometimes multiplying 30, some 60, and some 100 times. Now, you know, Jesus loved to tell a parable. And in this parable... You know, when, when they would hear a parable, most of the parable, everybody would kind of track along. Like, he would just use something that most people understood. Folks in the, who were listening to Jesus, they got this. I mean, you, we get it mostly just by reading it, right? There's a farmer who goes out to sow his seed, and it falls in these different places. And so we're tracking. The thing about a parable was, parables had a wait what moment. You know what I mean about a wait what moment? We're kind of like, wait what? Right? It was kind of like that moment, that it was like a, it's almost like a joke has that, wait, hold on, what just happened moment? That's what happened with parables. And I'm going to show you that kind of whoa, wait, what moment when we get to it. But I want to talk to you about some key concepts about this passage, and then we're going to jump back into Jesus' explanation of the passage. It's, it talks about the seed. Now, the seed in this scripture is the word. And for those of you who are in that John class and are becoming Bible nerds, it doesn't mean just Scripture, because that's a different Greek word than this word. This means word, and it's the idea of not just Scripture, but also what God has spoken to you, what God has revealed to you, the things that God is showing you in your life, including, and of course, Scripture, right? And um, it's this word, this message, God's wisdom, um, is how God is working in the people in this parable. That's the importance of the seed. It's how God is expressing truth. It's how he's revealing his kingdom. And it's how he operates. So we have the seed, which is the word. And then we have the soil. And the soil is you and I. We are the soil. We are the ones receiving the, the seed, the word, the message, God's wisdom, what he's trying to say. And our heart condition is the soil, how our heart is ready to receive it, right? Now, there's this key word in this scripture, and it's hearing. Actually, in Mark chapter 4, the word hearing is used 13 times. That's a lot of hearing, isn't it? And we know that faith comes by yeah, that was, right? that was the softball, right? Faith comes by hearing. Romans 10, 17 says, consequently, faith comes by hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Hearing was a really important word to the people who are listening because 
most of the people who are listening to Jesus, there was a prayer or a saying called the Shema that they would do every day out of Deuteronomy. And it, was, it began with, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your strength. But it starts off with hear. Doesn't it make sense that you got to hear it first? I mean, it's so simple, but you got to hear it to even have a chance to receive it. And so, and then you have the person who's sowing the seed, and the analogy in this scripture is that it's God, right? God's the one who is sowing the seed, and it's going to all these places. Now, here's the thing. The disciples really got like the analogy of the farmer goes out and sows a seed. But what they didn't understand is, what is this really applying to? Like, Jesus, what are you trying to teach me? These things that I just told you about the word is the seed and how the, the ground is the heart or us, right? And so that is the thing that Jesus is about to explain. He's going to break it down for them. And I've been kind of hurrying through this first part so that we can spend time on this last part because some of you all look at me like, whoa, you're rolling. It's on purpose. Now we're going to just bring it down a gear. You all with me this morning? All right, so now Jesus is going to break it down. They're all looking at him like, Jesus, that's great. I have a feeling you are not talking to me about farming. I have a feeling there's some other meaning to this parable, and I want to know what it is. So then Jesus said to them in verse 14, 13, excuse me, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like the seed along the path where the, the word is sown, and as soon as they hear it, Satan comes away and takes away the word that has been sowed in them. It's important to note that the seed falling on the path, that when I first would read the, the scripture, for, for thinking as a, like a 20, what are we in the 21st century? 20, we're in one of those centuries, long after this was written. Um, that I'm thinking, why is, this, why is he even putting the seed on the path? Anybody ever think that? I'm like, why are you putting it in rocky places? Why are you putting it? But it made more sense to them because the method of how they would plant, a common method, they have more than one, is you would go out in your field and you would just throw the seed everywhere. And in the field, there were paths. In the field, there were rocky places. In the field, there were thorns. Sounds like my yard. Um, you know, and my yard, unfortunately, doesn't have the good soil, but it, we're, we may work on it someday. It's just not important to me. Bless my neighbors. Um, but it wasn't uncommon to them because what they would do is they would go sow the seed and then they would till it into the soil. And so that was when they were going back and would say, okay, here's where the, the different types of soil are. And so the seed falling on the path was not actually the wait what moment. Like it is for me. I'm like, why are you putting the seed on the path? It was a very normal thing. And what Jesus is saying to them is when the seed falls on hard path, the devil comes and takes it quickly. And it totally makes sense with what we know about the kingdom of God. I mean, it's, it's not complicated, right? We've got a really good God and there's a bad devil. The bad devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy. The good God, Jesus, has come that we might have life and have it to the full, right? It's not complicated. So does the enemy want to steal God's truth from us? Yes. Well, yeah. How does, he, how does he do that easily? Well, it's when our hearts are hard, when we don't want to hear it. Ever been in that place? Right? Some of y'all are like, 
My wife and I had that conversation last night. I don't want to hear it. Um, stop doing this. Um, this, is a, this is a heart condition that the enemy takes advantage of, is hardness of heart. And I, I want to ask you, just real simply, is there something in your life that you're tired of hearing from God? First, I want to tell you, thank the Lord that he keeps saying the thing you don't want to hear because he is saying it for you. Do you hear that today? And praise God, he is not one to just give up and say, well, so-and-so is never going to listen to me. I'm thankful that he will keep saying it and keep saying it until I'm willing to receive it. And so I just want to encourage you, how's it working out? Right? If there's a place where you're like, I'm just tired of God telling me this, just stop struggling with him. Just stop struggling. And just say, God, soften my heart so that I'm not resistant to the thing that you want to speak to me. Verse 16 says, Others, like the seed on rocky places, hear the word, and at once they receive it with joy. I've got so many caricatures in my mind of this person. It's none of you. Um, It's like, they receive it with joy, but they have no root. They last only a short time, and when trouble and persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. And the rocky places are kind of like self-deceiving because this means that you can receive the word, you can even begin to produce a plant, you can be like, oh, that's a good word, pastor, right? Or, ah, Bible study, man, heavy, revy, man, like it was so good. Or you can be like, did you hear Charles Stanley today? I mean, whatever it might be, right? You can have that excitement about, you know, man, this is good and I'm so excited, but the problem is depth. The problem is because of, let me just say, I would rather have someone with some enthusiasm that falls away than no enthusiasm at all. Amen? The most dangerous thing in the world is apathy, right? That's dangerous, right? So the problem here with this, with this, this condition of the heart is there's not enough depth because there's rocky places, there's hard places in there that's competing with the soft soil. You catch that? So there's soil in there, but there's also rocky places where the path, it was all hard. But now it's like the the heart has some challenges. Maybe the heart has some unhealed places, right? And you know what we do? We we bring that to God. If you could, if we we're just going to take the analogy a little further. If we take that hard place, that stony thing, in in there, and we bring it to the Lord and say, God, I need you to heal or take away or minister to this hard place in my heart, this place that I'm resisting. I think this is actually very similar to a lot of times if we're honest with ourselves where we are, right? There are parts of us that are like, I'm so enthusiastic and I'm so in love with the Lord, but yeah, there's some hard places in my heart that I haven't really yielded yet. What I love is not to mix analogies too much, but in Ezekiel 11:19, it talks about how God can take out the stony heart and he can put in a heart of flesh. If you are trying, by the way, to like incorporate this word in your life and you do all the work, there's a better way. There's a better way. What you do is you identify the soil and you cry out to God and say, help me. Right? Like if you try to do it on your own, it's much harder that way. But God is willing to cooperate with you or better said, you are cooperating with his work in your life. 
Amen? And so maybe, maybe that hard place in your life, maybe it's not healing. Maybe it's like an inner vow that you've made. Like, I will never trust. I know none of y'all ever say stuff like that, right? Or I will always look out for number one, these always, never, like these kind of things that paint you into a place. And typically we do it out of self-protection. But what we ended up doing is we ended up creating a hard place in our heart where like, like you are defending your own heart and soul rather than letting the Lord be the one defending it. And he's like, there's a, there's a stony point, place in there and the Lord wants to help you remove it. See, those rocky places, they keep God's truth from going deep and having deep root in your life. The next place in verse 18 says, Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, they hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things come and they choke the word, making it unfruitful. This is a different problem. See, the previous problem was we had hard places in our heart. This is competition. Competition for your heart. Worries. You know, worries of this life can be like an idol. What I mean by that is when a concern and a fear take precedent over God and over our ability to trust him, the worry is actually an idol. We don't think of it that way. I mean, it's not like you wake up in the morning and go, let me get a little Bible and now let me worship a little worry, right? Like no one's thinking like that. But see, when worry captivates your heart, when worry is ruling over your mind, there's a place that God wants to take there. He wants that place in your life and to say, will you worship me over your worry? Will you put me in that place? They go, well, that's hard, Pastor Mike. Yeah, it is hard. But the answer is always the same. Turn to him. Turn to him. Turn to him. As a matter of fact, Philippians 4 um, addresses that. I like to start at the end of verse 5 because the end of verse 5 says, the Lord is near. Isn't that comforting? The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The answer to, your, to our worry and to the worship of worry is always to go to Him and always to hand it over to Him. And I love that, um, that starting point. You know what? He already is near. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. You don't have to conjure up God. He's there you just need to know he is there and experience his thereness with you. Amen? The Lord is near. Don't be anxious. It's almost like that calming kind of thing, right? Like if a child is upset, what do you do? You come near them and say, hey, dad's here. Hey, mom's here. Hey, I'm here. That's what the scripture is saying. Hey, the Lord is near. Don't be anxious. Pray it out. Pray it out. Don't worship him. You know, um, the deceitfulness of riches, um, that can be, honestly, in my mind, that can either be a passion for money that is inappropriate or an anxiety and fear about money that's inappropriate. I think we can swing on both sides. I feel like the devil's kind of like, I'll take you on any side. Like, let's go, right? If you want it, you just want money to be your thing, let's do this. Like, we'll just make money your thing. If you want the fear about money to be your thing, let's do this. As long as you're not in the place of contentment and faith with the Lord, the deceitfulness 
of riches, right? We won't go into like, God doesn't have a problem with you having money. He just has a problem with money having you, okay? Um, but we got to, that's another message. The desire, it says deceitfulness of riches, and it says the desire for other things. All right, everybody got your toes out? Okay. We're, um, so the desire, honestly, this is right back to idols, isn't it? Right? When money and other things take you away from your relationship and growth in God, it's an idol. And honestly, it can be anything. I mean, a hobby can be an idol. This is desire for other things. In other words, where do I have a greater desire for blank than the Lord? Now, we gotta we gotta be wise about this. Is it okay to have passions in life? Absolutely. You're wired to have passions, right? Some of y'all, your passion for hunting is incredible. You're your passion for vehicles is incredible, right? Your, your passion, you know, there's so many people with so many different passions. Passions, God wired you to have some passions, amen? But those passions do not compete with, I long for God and I desire for God. And a lot of times, if we're honest with each other, it's like, I, honestly, football is going to be more fun today than the Lord. And it shouldn't be that way, right? But we're maybe more excited than we are about the other thing. And I'm saying this like, so that we can be real with one another, right? Like where we go, okay, how do I put these things in their places? Because I sincerely want him to be my primary passion, amen? Can I address another thing along with that? Some of us are afraid of God making God our, fi- our primary passion. We're afraid we're going to get weird. We're going to afraid he's going to ask us to do something you don't want to do. There's, you're afraid of, you know, these kind am I talking to the right people? Right, sometimes there's a fear of, I don't know, I know some people are passionate, they're weird. Right? Or they don't get to do the things I get to do, like, like that kind of thing. But I just want to encourage you, like, take an account. And I'll be really honest with you. If you got weird for the Lord, it's probably okay. We're going to love you anyhow, right? There's weird and there's like really weird. Maybe you'll just get weird and not really weird. But like sometimes we have these like, I don't know if I want to be that person. Like, do you want to know the Lord? Like it says we're a peculiar people, right? There, we, we do stand out. There is something different. And we need to get a little okay with that, right? And he may ask me to do something I don't want to do. You're right. You're absolutely right. He's probably going to do it. And you know what? You're probably going to enjoy it more than you think because he made you for that thing. He created you for that thing. He knows what he made you for more than you know it. It's like he's the watchmaker and he knows what makes you tick. He knows exactly what you are created for. Some of the fears that we have are actually probably really realistic, but they're overblown. But would you let that stand in between you and knowing and following and growing in God? Like, like, what do you really want? Like, at the end of the day, what do you really want in your heart? It's like, I want to know him, and I want to make him known to other people. Like, that's what I really, I just want to know him. I'm amazed at how much there is to know of the Lord. I don't mean just 
know about Him. There's so much to know of Him in our heart and mind. And like we sang this morning, He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. You're like, I was hoping you were going to go middle, more middle of the road than that. But there's a good place for some passion for the things of God. Amen? You know, the difficulty about the desire for other things is they drain our heart capacity and choke out some of the best things. And this is a scripture where God, he is competing for their hearts. It's interesting that he's talking about this analogy and he's, he's talking about them, so, him sowing the seed and it's kind of going everywhere. And it's like one negative story after another. He's like, the path, well, it didn't really work out. The shallow soil really didn't work out. The, you know, the choking out didn't work. It's like negative, 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 negative. It's like, it's like well, Jesus, come on, will you, will you help us out? But it's, it's almost like he's contending for their hearts. Kind of like saying, hey, I want your heart, your whole heart, your soft heart, and I want to put my seed in that heart. In Matthew, Mark, excuse me, 420, it says, others, like the seed sown in good soil, they hear the word, they accept it, and they produce a crop. It's so simple, right? Here comes the wait what moment. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what was sown. It's estimated that back then, the average yield when a farmer would go out and sow his seed was about eight to ten times what he sowed. This starts at 30, and then goes to 60, then it goes to 100, which is actually pointing back to an Old Testament principle that has to do with a supernatural harvest. Now, that's when people start get up, getting really excited, right? When you preach the money version of this, people are like, oh, Yeah! <laughs> Amen. You preach the receiving the word and being changed, and you're like, mm, that's a good word, Pastor. That's good. I like that. That's good. Keep moving. Keep moving. Um, you know, if we, if we take what God is speaking to us, we take the word of what he is saying to us. And again, it's the word of God, Scripture. But for some of us, God has like said something to us. That aligns with Scripture. He has spoken, or He's led, or there's something He wants to deal with in our hearts, and we're kind of like, you know, shifting out of it, right? But if we allow that thing that He is speaking to take an unobstructed root in our hearts, it's going to produce a harvest. And see, that's the thing. There has to be something in our heart that goes, if I will receive this word, if I will put in me the thing that God is speaking, it will yield a harvest. Do you hear that today? Like it's going to create some fruit in my life. It's going to change something in my life because God is at work in my life, that he is going to transform me. He'll transform the circumstances. He's going to do something because when that seed goes into a soft heart and it can grow a really good root, it's going to produce some great fruit. And this parable, really it should make us want to do two things. One is it should make us want to prepare our hearts to prepare our soil for God's word, right? Like having a perspective of, okay, I'm in the moment, whether it's in church or in a Bible study or in your devotions in the morning or listening to something. Like, okay, God, my ears are open. My heart is open. I'm not distracted. I want something from you. Have you noticed that when you approach God that way, he speaks to you? 
When you approach the word that way, he's got something for you, right? When you approach that, you're like, okay, I'm here for something. I'm just, I, and I expect that something is coming. He's got something for you. That is heart preparation. The other piece of that is, is to seek more of it. God, I want more of what you are saying. Are you ready for the next level scripture in this? So a few verses down, there's this really cool verse, two verses, that tie right back to that parable. It says in verse 24, Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you even more. Whoever has will be given more, and whoever doesn't have, even what they have will be taken away from them. What this is talking about for you math majors is compounded interest. This is talking about, listen, if you will hear it, and if you, the measure that you use what you hear, right, the measure with which you incorporate it in your heart and let it bear fruit, you're going to then receive more and more and more. But when we shut out the word of God or we shut out the things that God is, is saying, what happens is we have this diminishing return and we get less and less and less. I'm amazed sometimes. Sometimes it's like the Lord will go, you know, I've said this one thing to you and you're ignoring me. Like, yeah, but God, give me a different lesson. Like, but I've said this thing to you and you're ignoring me. Yeah, that's good. Well, let's talk next week. Maybe you'll have something else to say to me. And it's like... <laughs> The pastor can't change his sermon because I'm not, you know, no, just kidding. But like, it's like, God knows what's good for our heart. And it, I really believe he has our interest in the interest of his kingdom at heart. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Even more, whoever has will be given more. Whoever doesn't have, even what they have will be taken away. So our response is, man, let's be hungry, right? Let's be hungry for the things of God. That's why I opened up with Psalm 42.1. As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Now I got to tell you, this scripture challenges me. There are mornings when I'm wake up, I wake up and I'm like, Lord, I know you're there. And I got to tell you, I need more coffee. I need something. I just don't, I don't have the spark today, Lord. Like everybody lives there. But there is something about hunger that you have influence over. And there's something about the soil of your heart that you have an influence over. There's one last application I want to make to this, this um, scripture today because we've been applying it to ourselves and our own growth with the Lord, right? But there's another piece because in that scripture, Jesus is the sower and we are the soil that he's sowing into, right? But you know, through the Great Commission, he makes you and I the sower. In Romans, it says, how can they believe unless they hear and how can they hear unless there's a preacher and it's talking about you and I? The people who go and we proclaim how good this Jesus is and that he has a plan to save people's life and that it's wor he is worthy of our worship. And you know, in the scripture, Jesus, when he's sowing, he sows it generously all over the different types of, of, of soil, right? He doesn't walk around and go, are you worthy of the seed? Do you see the application? 
He's just generously putting it out there. I think we should have the same approach. Our bias should be, let's just put it out there. And you know what? Some of it won't take root. But you know what? I'm just going to keep on putting it out there because it's going to find some soil. God has prepared some soil and he sowed it generously. And that generous word fell on me and it changed my life. Amen. And we have that same mandate. And I think there's a, this kind of a, there's a both and thing. We are the ones being sown into by the Lord, the word of the Lord. And we're incorporating it into our hearts. But by golly, we found this bread. Let's go give it to some other, someone else, right? And let's take that seed and just be generous and just let it fall on a bunch of places. And you know what? Some places may not receive it, but some places will. And it's so worthy of a mission to let people know about Jesus. Amen? Would you stand with me today? I want to tell you today, maybe you're in that place. Maybe you have heard the gospel, uh, the good news that Jesus saves people. And maybe you believe in Jesus, but you've never like put it into the soft place of your heart and said, I want to be born again. I want a new life. I don't want to just believe in Jesus. I don't want to just um, call upon him. I want him to be my God and my Savior. If that is you, I want to pray with you today because it is the greatest decision you make. There's something when you make that declaration before God and say, you are my God and I receive Jesus, which you did for me on the cross. There's something about that that changes things. And I just want to tell you today, if you've never had that moment in your life and you're ready to just turn your life over to Jesus, I want to pray with you today. Say, Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I invite you into my life. Jesus, I need you as my Lord. And if that's you today, before you walk out, if you're in the room, please come get me. You can interrupt other people. Please don't leave here without letting me just rejoice with you and pray with you. If you're online and you're like, I need to make that decision, go to the website, victorychristian.church. Click on next steps. And there's a place there where you just put in your information and I'll give you a call because... It is the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. Today's October 30th, 2022, 10-20-22. That's a good day to give your heart to Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you, Jesus, for the way that you are so generous with your word and with what you are speaking to us. And Lord, today, as we've heard your word, for some of us, there are different parts where we go, oh yeah, I've got some of that in my heart. Okay, I might have some of that in my heart. Lord, in this moment, Lord, we present those things to you, not out of shame, but God just saying, God, come. Come and touch my heart. Come, take out the stony places. Come and pull up uh, the roots and things that would compete with you, Jesus. Lord, we want to have soft hearts. Hearts that produce a harvest for you. Lord, for those of us, Lord, where we're struggling with other affections, Lord, may we just lay them down for you. You are worthy of our affection, of our worship, of our devotion, and we love you in this place today. God, for those today who are making a decision for the very first time to just say, God, I need you to be my Lord, my God, and my Savior. Father, we thank you and we rejoice in that decision of being born again, starting all over with Jesus. We thank you and we honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. 
if you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.